Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Recorded live. Thank you, faithful Christians, for once again joining me, Pastor Visser, live on the Talk Chew Radio Network as we take a look at yet another one of Yahshua's most beloved parables. But before we get to that, let me tell you this Sunday morning, thank each and every one of you who did swing by last week, Tuesday, the 22nd, on Eurofolk Radio. That webpage is accessible on the World Wide Web at EurofolkRadio.com. And I've gotten nothing but positive reviews and positive feedback from that particular interview that I did with the author, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock. So needless to say, I will be back again with Brother Andy very shortly for an all-new interview and a background into yours truly. I also would like to announce that tomorrow night, Monday, 8 p.m., I will be rejoining Dr. James P. Wickstrom yet again for an all-new Yahweh's Truth. I believe that will be the third for this particular month of March. But being that it is Sunday the 27th, we're going to be taking a look at the parable of the burglar. Now, this particular parable has the distinction of not only having numerous names, but also is considered part of the Beelzebub controversy, because we must fully understand what Yahshua went through and what he is teaching this particular allegory against. So if you have your Bible this particular morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. And it is here that we can begin to read on Yahshua's parable of the burglar, also known as his parable of the strong man, or just the powerful man. In order to fully understand this, let's begin reading in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 12, but verse 22. We read, Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is this not the son of David? That is a question. And perhaps you've been with me for some length of time, and you're well aware that in the Scripture, there's truly no terminology for grandfather or great-great-grandfather or even second and third cousins. 
So when we hear this terminology, son of David, it is a polite way of saying the great-great-grandson and or the descendant of David. And so there was brought to Yahshua a poor Israelite who was possessed with a devil. This does not say a sickness, a malady, but rather an unclean spirit. Next verse. But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. What is that, dear kinsfolk? That, my friend, is the unpardonable sin. And that is why I'm so grateful to actually be taking a look at this parable of the burglar. Because there are many erroneous, self-proclaimed theologians out there who want to come in and tell you that miscegenation happens to be blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Well, let's see if that's the case. The first key is given right here in verse 24. The Pharisee said, this fellow, referencing Yahshua, does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. Now, in your own free time, if you do a word study on this name, Beelzebub, you will see it has a dirge barrage of meanings. Everything from Lord of the Fly to Lord of the Flies, plural. But there are many people who argue that this term, Beelzebul or Beelzebub, means House of Baal or House of the Lord in Greek. And if that be the case, then Yahshua's parable of the burglar will make much more sense. Notice the Pharisees heard it, and they said, well, this fellow, he doesn't cast out devils, but if he were able to cast out devils, he would do so with the power of Beelzebub. Next verse. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. Let me repeat that for you. For all of the people who are listening, the Israelite men, women, and children, who are looking forward to these next presidential campaign, you know, these candidates, who are divided against each other, some professing to be from the right, others professing to be from the left, some professing to be conservative Republicans, and others professing to be liberal Democrats. Yahshua says, what? Every kingdom, consider America in this context, that is divided against itself is brought to desolation. You understand what Yahshua said? As long as we have a two-party system in America that is divided against itself, the ultimate end is desolation, destruction. And that, my friend, is what's coming. Because we are not unified as a nation no more than we ever can be, considering this no longer is a nation of God's people. So he teaches every house, every city, Every nation that is divided will fall, will come to desolation. So remember that next time you go and cast your vote for a man-king. What else does Yahshua say? Well, in verse 26, here in St. Matthew chapter 12, he says, If Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? 
And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges, who the children of Israel shall judge the Pharisees. Why? Because the Pharisees just committed the unpardonable sin, my friend. And you must understand this concept, no matter how many times men and women try to come in and twist the Word of God into something it does not mean, you will see that pedigree does not enter the equation in Yahshua's parable of the burglar. In fact, it's more akin to teaching on Satan and Jesus, but we'll get to that momentarily. Yahshua asks, if I cast devils out... How do your children cast them out then? If I cast them out by Beelzebub, in short, being the only begotten Son of God, Emmanuel, or God with us. Of course, Yahshua did not cast out devils with the power of Beelzebub. That, my friend, is the unpardonable sin. But before we get to Yahshua telling them they committed the unpardonable sin by telling him, he cast out demons with the power of Satan. Yeshua begins his parable of the burglar. Now keep this in context so you can fully understand, right? Yeshua just cast the devil out. The Pharisees came and said, Oh, this man does not cast out devils except for the power of Beelzebub, whom many people believe means house of Baal or house of the Lord. Now. Yahshua begins in verse 29 of St. Matthew, chapter 12, his discourse on the parable of the strong man. And he says, Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? Now keep this in context. Are you able to understand who the strong man is in Yahshua's allegory? Well, I'll tell you right now. It is Beelzebub, Satan, whom Yahshua, of course, would overthrow at his crucifixion and resurrection. Yahshua says, how can one, any man, woman, or child, enter into a strong man's house? Remember, they just accused him of casting out demons with the power of Satan right? And spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man. Yahshua bound an unclean spirit at the beginning of this exchange, did he not? Causing the Pharisees to come in and say, hey, this man cast out demons with the power of Beelzebub, of all things. Yahshua says, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man? And then, he will spoil his house. Pay close attention, verse 30. Yahshua says, He that is not with me is against me. Let's read that one more time. He that is not for Yahshua is against Yahshua. So much for the Judeo-Christians who believe, hey, you know what? You just got to love everybody indiscriminately, including Yahshua's enemies. Now notice, Yahshua ends on this note. He says, He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Who was that spoken to? In context, but the Pharisees. 
Thus, who is the strong man's house, and who is it that is stronger than the strong man but Yahshua? And to prove my point about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, pay close attention to the next two verses. Yahshua says, Wherefore, I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, or in the world to come. What is Joshua saying? Eternal torment, once again, no forgiveness. And at the end of this eon, those who come in and speak a word against the Holy Spirit, like the Pharisees did, right? At the very beginning, what did the Pharisees say? Right here in verse 24. When they heard it, they said, This fellow cast out devils by Beelzebub. Not the Holy Spirit. Not the Holy Ghost. Yahshua straightforwardly taught the unpardonable sin is what? Speaking against the Holy Spirit. And anyone who does so shall not be forgiven in this world or in the eon or the age to come. That is the kingdom, dear friend. And if you don't believe me in what we're talking about right here pertaining to the unpardonable sin, I'm really going to concrete this down in your head, dear friends. We're going to also turn to Mark, we're going to turn to Luke, and I'm going to end in the Gospel according to Thomas, so you can really understand once again that the false prophet will come in and say one of two things. One, they will come in and say, all sin is forgivable. It does not matter how you live, what you do, but yet right here, Yahshua just said that not all sin is forgivable, did he? He straightforwardly said that there is an unpardonable sin that can never be forgiven. Point one. Point two is you're going to have these ignoramuses come in and tell you, guess what? Miscegenation is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. As if miscegenating has anything to do with speaking against the Holy Spirit. So... We should be able to already see this Sunday morning that what Yahshua is teaching in his parable of the burglar straightforwardly centers around the concept of self-defense, common sense, that a man can tie up his things if he chooses to, being a strong man, but when a man stronger than he comes, he will bind that supposed strong man, right? And so, if you have your Bibles open... Turn with me to Luke. And here in Luke, we're not going to read about the parable of the burglar just yet. I really want to prove to you that Yahshua taught self-defense. In the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 22, beginning in verse 35, He said unto them, When I sent you without a purse, and script, and shoes, lacked ye anything? And they, the disciples, said nothing. So Yahshua said, I sent you out into the wilderness with nothing. Did you lack anything? The disciples say, no, absolutely not. Then he said unto them, But now, he that hath a purse, let him take it. And likewise, his script, 
And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Now, of course, natural men are going to come in and argue over this and say, well, the sword of the Lord is the word of God. Indeed, that's true. But Yeshua is not teaching about the sword of the Lord right here, is he? He's teaching self-defense, sending out his disciples into the wilderness with nothing. However, here he says, you know what? If you've got a purse or a wallet, take it. If you have your script or your Bible, take that as well. But if you don't have a sword, you better sell the shirt off your back and buy one. Where's that found? Well, that's Luke chapter 22, verse 36. And so, for your average weekend Christian, they're going to come in and say, well, that's not necessarily so. That doesn't sound like the Yahshua I follow. Well, you already know that Yahshua is God, do you not? And if you understand that Yahshua is God, then you will understand that Jesus to Christ taught nothing dissimilar to what Yahweh God commanded in the Mosaic Law. So turn with me again to Exodus. However, this time, chapter 22. And in Exodus chapter 22, there are so many rules here that you could literally study this in your own time. But this entire chapter is devoted to the Israelite self-defense. It has laws like if a man borrow from his neighbor and his animal gets hurt or dies, well, he's got to make it good. If he breaks out and he catches it in thorns, if he's careless, well, he must make restitution. And right here, there's a law against anarchy and oppression where we read, Thou shalt not revile the gods, nor curse the ruler of thy people. You shall not delay to offer the first of thy uh, ripe fruits and of thy liquors, the firstborns of thy sons. The final verse, 31, Ye shall be holy men unto me, neither shall ye eat any flesh that is torn of beasts. Ye shall cast it to the dogs. Notice there is a difference. But, for example, in verse 26 of Exodus chapter 21, If a man smite the eye of his servant, or the eye of his maid, that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eye's sake. And if he smite his manservant's tooth, or his maidservant's tooth, he shall let them go for his tooth's sake. So, I do not have the time this particular Sunday morning, but in your free time, look deeper at Exodus chapter 22, the entire chapter. Uh, yes, Roger, that is actually a very good question. I will, I said at the beginning of the broadcast, be back very soon with the author Andrew Carrington Hitchcock. Many people enjoyed that show, and I actually enjoyed doing it. Uh, if that was the first interview you have ever heard from me, Pastor Visser, there's also one that was done about four years ago. That's pretty similar, but it was hosted by Obadiah, my old co-host. Uh, in Nehemiah, chapter 4, this is where they are rebuilding the temple. Now, the irony about teaching about the unpardonable sin, or Yahshua's parable of the burglar, is that those that are fully convinced somehow or another this has to do with miscegenation, Always overlook the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, whose integral theme 
happens to be miscegenation. And those two prophets, Ezra and Nehemiah, said that if they put away their foreign wives and they do away with their mixed children, they can enter back into the covenant. What does this prove? Well, it proves that miscegenation isn't blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. But there was constant threatening by our enemies, a majority of which were Samaritans at the time. And if you turn to Nehemiah chapter 4, begin reading in verse 13, we read, Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall, and in the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked up and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord which is great and terrible and fight for your brethren. Fight for your brethren, dear kinsfolk. Did you hear that? That is the word of God telling you as an Israelite man, woman, or child to unify. And not only unify, but to fight for your brethren. Not to be a seller of discord. Not to sit there and call everyone who disagrees with you a Jew, but to fight for your brethren with what? Well, it was already given right in verse 13. Swords, spears, and bows. And Yahweh God set each and every tribe amongst the Israelite people with weapons of defense. And need I go into proving that Israel, the people themselves, you and I, are Yahweh's weapons of war and battle axe? Well, I'm sure you already know this account. So back to Yahshua's parable of the burglar. However, this time we're going to be taking a look at the gospel according to Mark. And in Mark's take, it begins in chapter 3. Beginning in verse 22, we read, The scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. What did they just do? Commit the unpardonable sin, which Yahshua clearly defined not only in Matthew chapter 12, but also here in Mark chapter 3. Let's keep reading. And he called them and said unto them, in parables, how can Satan cast out Satan? He cannot, dear kinsfolk, because that would be a house divided. And a house, a kingdom, or a nation that is divided is brought to desolation, correct? So he asks a very simple question. How can Satan cast out Satan? And continues on. If a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. That's Australia, that's South Africa, and that's also America. A kingdom divided against itself and everybody scrambling for crumbs. And in the end, Yahweh's law will not be recognized by either the right or the left in this current presidential campaign. Either way you look at it, they will not be a Christian. So, remember that a kingdom divided against itself will not stand. Verse 25, and if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. What house? The house that Yahshua just used in his parable of the strong man. The parable of the burglar, or the parable of the powerful man. That's the house, and I'm going to prove that. He says in verse 26, If Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but he has an end. 
If anybody is divided, there is an end. There is desolation, according to the words of Yahshua. We know in the New Testament that a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. And so it stands for the man who can come in and say that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit has anything to do with sexual intercourse. When that's not even the context of what's being discussed right here. Pay close attention. Yahshua says, if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand. He has an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house. Who's the strong man in Yahshua's parable? Beelzebub. And spoil his goods. Whose goods? Beelzebub's goods. Remember, the context here is casting out demons, right? Except he will first bind the strong man. Who bound Satan but Yahshua with his ultimate sacrifice on Golgotha? Then he will spoil his house. So, here's the analogy. The Pharisees come in. They see a good deed, a good deed that they themselves could not rot, could not do, because they were devoid of the Holy Spirit. So when Yahshua casts out an unclean spirit with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Pharisees come in, and they say he did so with the power of Satan, denigrating Yahshua down to the mere level of a son of God. Big no-no. Yahshua says no man can enter into Satan's house and spoil his goods, except he will bind the strong man. And Jesus Christ most assuredly binds this strong man in his allegory, and Yahshua most assuredly is stronger than he, Right? Then he goes into three verses here, talking about the unpardonable sin. And if you're really questioning what the unpardonable sin is, do not allow a Pharisee or an ex-warden or a self-ordained idiot who wants to be me come in and tell you something that's not written in the Word of God. It is written right here. Yahshua's very definition, we cannot add to nor take away. He says in verse 28, Verily, I, Jesus Christ speaking, verily, I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sons of men, polite way of saying the Adamites, that's you and I, all sins, except, except. So why is it that the Judeo-Christians read the first part there and they leave off the rest of the passage? Oh, all sins are forgiven anybody who does whatever. And you think this isn't taught in CI? It most assuredly is. It just has a different title. All Israel saved. Therefore, it doesn't matter how you live as long as you're white. But here's the clincher, dear kinsfolk. These idiots that espouse that don't even realize every Israelite is white, but not all whites are Israelites. How hard is that to understand? Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all.
and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church so that when He returns, He will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. Therefore, the Adamites are the goats, and the man who comes in and tells you those goats are non-whites is the man espousing universalism, saying there are non-whites in the kingdom, known as foolish builders, known as goats. And you know as well as I do that this scripture, these parables, deal solely with his people. This, in context to the Judean Pharisees, right? Another tribe of Israel. He said, I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven unto the sins of men, but blasphemies, wherewithsoever they shall blaspheme. But he that blaspheme against the Holy Ghost hath never forgiveness. Did that say anybody who lies down with a dog or a monkey? No, it didn't. Yeshua clearly said, he that blasphemes against the Holy Spirit does not have forgiveness, but is in danger of what? Eternal damnation. What an interesting choice of words, right? Because after all, the false prophet comes in and tells you there's no eternal torment. Then what's Yahshua saying here? What happens to those that commit the unforgivable sin? (laughs) They're cast into eternal damnation. Really hard to understand. Now here's why Yahshua is teaching on the unpardonable sin. And there is no false prophet that can debate what's being said right here. Because... Stopping right there. Because Yeshua is giving the reason and explaining to you what the unpardonable sin is, right? He says, because they said he hath an unclean spirit. Do you understand now what the unforgivable sin is? It is coming in and calling Yeshua Satan. It is coming in and denying the gift of the Holy Spirit and saying that Yeshua cast out demons with the power of Beelzebub. How can I say that? Verse 30. Because they said, in context to the unpardonable sin, he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost doesn't have forgiveness. He's in danger of eternal damnation. Because they said, he hath an unclean spirit. Who? The Pharisees at the beginning of this allegory, who came in and said, well, Yahshua cast out demons with the power of Beelzebub. Make sense? It should. Now, dear friends, please turn with me over to the book of Psalms. And I truly love preaching on Psalms, but I want you to understand that Yahshua was intimately familiar with the Psalms. He taught the Psalms. And a majority of the Pharisees knew the Psalms and taught them themselves as they sat in Moses' seat. Therefore, we should pay close attention to the 18th Psalm. Verse 34 says what? He, Yahweh God, He teacheth my hands to war. Let's read that again. Yahweh teaches my hands how to war. So much for liberalism and pacifism within the scripture. Old and New Testament, I've already proven to you that Yahshua in Luke chapter 22 said that you must arm yourself. I've already proven to you in Nehemiah chapter 4 that Yahweh God commanded the children of Israel to have a spear, 
an arrow, a bow, or a sword. Did he not? I also taught you in Exodus chapter 22 and chapter 33 that self-defense is taught. But yet here, in verse 34 of the 18th Psalm, we learn that Yahweh God teaches the Israelites hands to war. What else? So that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. A bow of steel broken by mine arms, David says. Do you see how this ties into the parable of the burglar, where Yahshua says that no man can overcome a strong man unless somebody is stronger than he? Well, if that doesn't convince you, flip over a few chapters to the 144th Psalm. That's Psalm 144, verse 1. Blessed be Yahweh, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers to fight. How come you never hear that taught in Judeo-Christendom? How come you never go to a Judeo-Christian church in this land on a Sunday morning and they come out and teach you self-defense? They teach you that Yahweh God wants you to fight for your brethren, for your nation, and for your family. And not only that, blessed be Yahweh God, because He is our strength, and not only that, He teaches our hands how to war. Christian soldier, do you understand the concept? The left has got us so feminized and cuckold to the point that we sit back and allow the enemy to come in and rape our daughters. We don't fight for our brethren because we do not listen to the words of Yahshua, and we do not listen to the words of Yahweh as he commanded it. Two times now in Psalms, I have proven to you that Yahweh God leads us in war. Yahweh God created us so that we can be better warriors, right? So, turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke. And we're going to take a look once again at this parable as spoken by Yeshua the Christ pertaining to powerful men, powerful entities, or even powerful enemies that we may have to war against. In Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 14, we read, He, Yahshua Messiah, was casting out a devil, and it was dumb. And it came to pass, when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake, and the people wondered. But some of them said, He casteth out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. And others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven, stopping right there. Every single time, particular groups of people request a sign. It is no different than them saying, Lord, Lord, in that day of judgment. They are faithless. And every time we tempt Yahweh God and ask him for a sign, Yahweh God will respond by calling us what? A wicked and a perverse generation and or genios. Others, tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. This word tempting in the Greek is pererazo. It means to test, to examine, and or to prove. They were trying to punk out Yahshua. They say, hey, why don't you give us a sign? Anything new under the sun? You say you believe Yahshua, then your enemy comes in and says, well, then move that mountain. How come he doesn't return now? How come he doesn't hit me with a lightning bolt, right? You know the sentiment, <laughs> because you're living on borrowed time, dear enemies of Yahweh God. 
Verse 17, but he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. A house divided against a house falleth. Bottom line, there must be unity in a house. If the mother and father are continually bickering, it will fall. It will come to desolation. If the siblings are continually bickering, it will fall. It will come to desolation. On its surface, that's the most simplistic teaching here. Verse 18, if Satan also be divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because ye say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. Once again, second witness. Because you said I cast out demons with the power of Beelzebub, this is the unpardonable sin. Verse 19, and if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Very good question in my estimation, because the only faith-based system that still has power and still does healing and still has miracles is CI, dear kinsfolk. And when we have a laying on of hands and cancer is cast out or demons are cast out, well, the first thing they accuse us of is what? Same thing they accuse Joshua of. Casting out demons with the power of Beelzebub. Because an unbelieving world simply cannot believe in the word as it is transcribed. So I ask you, if Yeshua cast out demons with the power of Beelzebub, then how did the Pharisees' children cast them out? Obviously, the answer is they didn't. Like every single thing else Yeshua came to teach and do, the Pharisees were not teaching nor were they observing. So this is no different. Very simple question. If CI cast demons out with the power of Satan, who exactly do the Judeo-Christian pastors cast demons out with, considering they believe that the Jews are God's chosen and they're the Christ killer? <laughs> In fact, that's the reality of it all, is it not? In short, if any of these false prophet bastards like John Hagee, Joel Olstein, Robert Shuler cast demons out, they do so with Beelzebub. But as a true hypocrite, they call you what they are. What is that but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? And Yahshua taught no different. He said, because, and asks, if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, the finger of God, Yahshua said, he possessed. The same finger of God that wrote those Ten Commandments and gave them to Moses. And he went down the mountain and broke them. The same finger of God that knelt down at the beginning of John chapter 8 and drew a line in the sand. Yahshua never came in and said, I'm not God. Time and time again he would say, I am God. I have the finger of God. I have the power of God. I have the keys of life and death that only Yahweh God has. And so here it is. If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. And the kingdom of God did come upon them, did it not? Just as it is when C.I. preaches verbatim from the word of God. The kingdom message. What are we looking forward to but the third and final earth age and ushering in of a whole new eon? Right? The kingdom of God did come upon those Pharisees in the form of God manifest in the flesh. 
but it did not stop them from committing the unpardonable sin. Yahshua says in verse 20 of Luke chapter 11, he possessed the finger of God. And that, my friend, is figurative of the Holy Spirit. And it's not only proof of God's kingdom that had come to the Pharisees, but we know this statement is literal because Yahshua straightforwardly said it. He held the finger of God, thus that demon that was cast out was cast out by the Holy Ghost, quote-unquote, not Beelzebub. And anybody who comes in and falsely attributes a miracle to demonic demons and lesser powers is guilty of the unpardonable sin. If I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come upon you. And then he begins his parable of the burglar. Beginning in verse 21, Yahshua says, When a strong man armed keepeth his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor, wherein he trusted and divided his spoils. Pay close attention, verse 23. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. He that does not gather with Yahshua scatters. Therefore, the man whose eyes are not focused on unification is a sower of discord and a scatterer. Yahshua says there's no gray area. You're either for him or you're against him. You either rise and gather the sheep into one fold or you are a scatterer of the sheep. And I would think that these statements, as simplistic as they are found here in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, would be enough to convince my listener, at least, that there are false prophet universalists going by the title of Christian identity who want to come in and do everything to write non-whites within a Bible that doesn't even have them mentioned. (laughs) It's quite ironic. I bring that up, of course, because they want to come in and say the unpardonable sin has something to do with miscegenation. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, but it does not. And also notice, Yahshua continues on to teach about the state of backsliders. Here, in St. Luke chapter 11, he says, He, our God, says, When an unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest. And finding none, he saith, I will return to my house from whence I was cast out. Once again, understand, only Yahshua could kill evil, being God. We can bind evil. We can cast demons out, but we cannot destroy evil. Yahshua taught no different. He says, when the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, that's your power, dear kinsfolk. If you cast a demon out of yourself, your children, somebody in your family, just a good friend, remember, you didn't kill it. Remember, it's walking around trying to seek another vessel to possess. And Yahshua taught it, did he not? So, now that we've already gone through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, turn with me to the book of the prophet Isaiah. And you're going to see once again that Yahshua, Yahweh, and the entire Bible teach self-defense. In the words of the prophet Isaiah, who was a prophet to Israel, That's you and I, dear kinsfolk. So we should pay close attention. 
in the 49th chapter, you're going to read something very similar to what Yahshua taught right here in his parable of the powerful man. In Isaiah chapter 49, beginning in verse 24, we read, Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered question? Shall the prey be taken from the mighty? The mighty what? Mighty hunter? The man who goes out and does that? Somebody who is mighty? Can any man come and take his prey? That's the question here. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered question? But thus saith Yahweh God, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee. And I will save my children. Notice Yahweh doesn't say, I will save all of Israel to this prophet to Israel. He says, I will save all my children, Adamites and Israelites alike. Correct? He says, I will contend with him that contends with you, Israel. So remember that. The great and terrible day of the Lord is the day that we are justified. That our big brother Jesus proverbially comes and really rocks the house. And the world understands that they forsook you, stood against you. Pay close attention to verse 26. After Yahshua says, in the form of Yahweh, I will contend with him that contends with you, and I will save all of your children if they're obedient, he says in verse 26. I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I am Yahweh, thy Savior, thy Redeemer, O Mighty One of Jacob. Three classes that are mutually segregationist and exclusive. Yahweh is straightforwardly talking to who? <laughs> the Israelites, and he says, I am thy Savior, not the entire world. I am thy Redeemer, not the entire world. And I am the Mighty One of Jacob. Not every tribe, but Jacob Israel. But notice, he also says right here, all flesh shall see. Verse 26, I will feed them who the Pharisees that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood, as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know. All flesh. Do you understand that? Dogs, cats, birds, gerbils, slugs, snails. All those have a form of flesh. And all flesh, just like every knee will bow, all flesh will realize Yahweh God is God, will they not? They'll also realize that that God of Israel, that God of Jacob, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Mighty One was not theirs. <laughs> and judgment. So remember that. It ties right into Isaiah chapter 49, verse 26 through 25. Yahweh God, through the prophet Isaiah, taught no different than Yahshua did in Matthew 12, Mark 3, or Luke 11. Yahshua, however, had to make the Pharisees familiar with something they should have been familiar with in the first place. Because after all, we just confirmed, did we not, in the 144th Psalm, in the 18th Psalm, Yahweh God created us to do his warring. So, in these analogies, as they are brought forth, at least according to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the strong man 
is Satan and or Beelzebub, who is ultimately bound by one who is stronger than he and brought to desolation. All of his goods are spoiled. And the Pharisees, of course, were part of those goods. So, I do want to turn one final place before we conclude. And that is to the Gospel according to Thomas. Now, the Gospel according to Thomas will not be found in the authorized Bible. And, unlike our authorized versions, the take as it is transcribed here in the Gospel according to Thomas, the 35th statement, is straightforwardly teaching on self-defense. It's not part of the Beelzebub controversy. And perhaps I'll bring an entire study on this. In fact, I have done a study on what is the unforgivable sin. Neglecting Yahshua's parable of the burglar. So if you require further study into that, I go into Ezra. I go into Nehemiah. And I prove that all sin is forgiven but one, that is, to the Israelites, And that sin that is not forgiven is coming in and saying, Jesus cast demons out with the power of Satan. So, in the 35th statement, according to the Gospel of Thomas, we read, Jesus said, It is not possible for anyone to enter a strong man's house and take it over forcibly unless he first ties his hands. Then he can steal from that house. You must cripple the racehorse to make the workhorse equal to the racehorse. And thus is the theory of equality. Thus is the theory of all gods are one, including Beelzebub and Yahweh, all wrapped into one, right? But Yeshua taught so different than that. Yeshua came in and said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. You're either for Yeshua or you're against Yeshua. You're either gathering for Yeshua because you desire unity or you are scattering and an abomination in Jesus Christ's eyes. Please understand that. This statement, as it appears in the Gospel according to Thomas, is clear, and it's common sense. It's something that each and every one of us can bank our salvation upon and feel good about. If you are a lawful man or woman, and someone comes in and tries to bind you to spoil your goods, Pick up your sword and do what you must. Understand what Yahshua is saying? It's a proverb. But we really have no idea what context this parable had in the life of Yahshua. The closest we can come to is what I covered tonight. Putting it in context to how Yahshua taught it. And he taught it in reference to the unruly Pharisees who were attempting to trap him. To cast him out. To say... That he was not the Redeemer, right? Jesus uses the strong man as an allegory for Satan. So, we must understand that this saying has to do with the necessity to first exercise and then bind demons before trying to overcome their influence in the world or in your home or in your own flesh tabernacle. This house in Yahshua's parable could be you. Remember, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit indwells within us. That's how we are clean. Yahweh God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. 
And the truth of the matter is, as much as the enemies want you to be cuckold, to lay down and give your posterity and your future over to the pharisaical enemy, Yahshua and Yahweh in the Old Testament taught self-defense. Even though they taught us to love our enemies, they taught us also to not be the world's doormat. I also prove to you tonight from the Gospel of Thomas that this allegory of the parable of the burglar has common sense application. That means lock your door if you don't want to be robbed. Carry a weapon if you don't want to be murdered. These are the teachings of Yahshua. The teaching is be strong in the Lord. We're not dealing with physical strength here. We're dealing with spiritual strength, right? Yahshua cast the demon out with what? The finger of God, the Holy Spirit. But it did not stop the Pharisees from coming in and saying that that Holy Spirit was an unholy, blasphemous spirit. And therefore, that, in a nutshell, is the unpardonable sin. So I hope that this sermon, this particular Sunday morning, has edified you and taught you a few things about the unpardonable sin that perhaps you may not have known or caught before. Again, I do want to invite the listener to swing by Monday, Monday at 8 p.m. That is tomorrow night on uh, talk show number 58022. Once again, if you go to TalkShoe.com and you type in that call letter, 58022, you will be able to hear me and Dr. Wickstrom live once again, talking about Ezekiel chapter 35, 36, 37, and I believe parts of 39, all of which prove that in that great and fiery day of Yahshua, all rudiments, all tares will be destroyed, and they will be burned up. And I say hasten the day. Until next time, dear kinsfolk, this is Pastor Visser from the heart of the Dirty South, which is Brooks, Georgia, and the Covenant People's Church, wishing you and yours great studies, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website, or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings, and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages, and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again, and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.